Recording in progress. Welcome to the second season of the Now Strategos podcast. Strategos is a Greek term which roughly translated means generalship and it is part of the origin of the English word strategy. My name is Britton Jacobson. I own a few entrepreneurship endeavors, work a full-time W-2 job, and enjoy learning. I appreciate you being here. Let's get into the episode. One, so one of the things I started doing in 2020 was, and I can't remember, it's like, I'm sure YouTube recommended someone watching a song that like I had listened to or something. And it was like a reaction, first time reaction to X song, whatever. And so I started, or no, it started because I was watching people react to comedy, like Bill Burr and stuff. And so then from there, like I started watching people react to songs and then I found people that react to movies. So like now um, I went through, dude, I watched so many reactions to stuff and it's crazy. Like people's channels blow up overnight because there's literally these armies of fans of the movie or the song or whatever it is. And so as soon as you post a reaction, the entire fan base comes running over, subscribes to you and likes your stuff. So I, people would go from like, 20 subscribers to like literally tens of thousands over the course of a few months. Cause you know, people were just sitting at home and they were just like, it's so cool to watch somebody react to your song, your favorite movie, your favorite comedy or whatever for the first time. And so I, I, over the, over winter break, I showed my brothers a couple of like reactions to Lord of the Rings and mm -hmm. now like, uh, like Revere's into it and stuff. And so like, now we chat back and forth about the reactions. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's like people watching almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, basically, and it's like truncated, so you're not watching the whole thing. You can do the people. They, so the next thing that they do, like once they have a decent subscriber base, they go and they um, create a Patreon. It's like some of these people have thousands of Patreon supporters who are paying one dollar, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars a month, and then you can like watch the full reaction and do polls on what they're going to watch next and react to next, and like <laughs> you know give feedback on merch and like this whole thing. So I've got one channel that I follow. She's at 160,000 subscribers now. And wow. like she started like a year, year and a half ago. Crazy. Yeah. That is insane. There is a I'm going to try and reach out to a couple um, uh, to see about if they'd be, I want to send them like a box of chosen candle just to be like, you know, say thank mm -hmm. you um, just as a way of supporting like what they're up to. I'm like, Hey, I've appreciated your content. You know, just wanted to say, Hey, and then I want to see if I can get one or two of them possibly to um, become in uh, part of the first influencer cohort for uh, chosen. I think it'd awesome. be really cool. Cause like you get with like YouTube stuff, it's like, everyone's watching it. You get the con it's like, it's always there. It's as opposed to like an Instagram thing. It like goes down to the bottom of the feed or whatever. Um, and that's like, it's a, you know, a, something that they care about then that'd be like really cool. So yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I didn't know you're going to do a, a kind of like affiliate thing with the candles. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. We've been working, uh, Jean-Marie and I have been working hard on it. So she's probably, you know, she's been working harder than me, uh, making all the stuff, but yeah. So I, I installed GoAff and, uh, went in and created like an affiliate, uh, like profile, built it out, created the tiers. And then she's been like working on the marketing stuff, which I need to go in and, um, you know, touch it will not edit it, but you know, review it and then throw in my edits and basically we're going to build out two we'll have like two outreaches so we'll have one outreach which is like preemptively sending stuff like a box of candles or whatever along with some marketing materials and i'll probably hand write a note um to like people that i'm like a fan of just be like mm -hmm. hey like i'm just a fan uh, mm -hmm. here's what we're doing uh, but I, either way i just wanted to share this with you appreciate what you're up to and then we'll have like a more planned where 
will you know create a list of influencers and we'll say hey we'd like to work with you here's basically a you know a a form which i built into go after pro so i'm using their sign up form and basically mm-hmm. like what's your insta how many followers do you have like just all that sort of stuff um and basically create a funnel so it's if you're interested you can click the link fill out the form and then we'll review and then um if we accept you as an ambassador or whatever we're going to call it mm-hmm. then um then we'll send you some candles and then we can what we have like requirements and stuff so, so you have like a, a minimum um investment on your end but they have to sell a certain amount of product before they get free free stuff basically I'm, no so basically if we've accepted them into the program they'll get a box of whatever it is four or five candles whatever and then they can use those for content right and then mm-hmm. we're requiring a certain amount of content per month so like three posts and four reels or whatever it is um and then and like x amount of stories and then um, they get a percentage of each sale that comes through mm-hmm. their affiliate link slash their coupon code. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, that's what I, we have set up too. What are you, are you doing the kind of what it's set at like 10% or are you bumping that up? Cause my thinking is, well, at least what I found, I've had people sign up, but no one's really gone out and posted much only because I think the incentive is kind of low in terms of what they would make on it. So yeah, so that's up? why we're doing so well, first of all, like, let's, we'll come back to this. Let's, we got to introduce like what you're up to and everything. Cause, uh, people probably don't know. So, That's true. <laughs> um, you and I met, I was thinking about this. You and I met, um, at a housewarming party for Vienna and my sister, because you used to work with her at the same company. And then we were just chatting and, you know, kind of we're fans of each other's existence became friendly. And then I don't know, what was it? three months ago, four months ago. Yeah. About four months ago, probably. Uh, you said, Hey, I've got this idea for you texted me or called me or whatever. And you're like, Hey, I have this idea for a pro-life, uh, oriented coffee company. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you think about it? So you're like talking to me, walking me through like all your ideas. And I was like, dude, I know coffee's hot, blah, blah, blah. So we talked for like, I don't know, it was like an hour or something. Yeah. And I, think uh, I picked up the phone. I was like, so excited about this idea. I was like, I got to call Britain because he's yeah. going to like this. <laughs> yeah. And you were right. So then we talked for like an hour and like that night you were starting to send me uh, promotional stuff you did in Canva. <laughs> and um, it just kind of like went from there. And basically you got connected with a supplier and then you were able to fi- find somebody who's able to package uh, white label and then package your product with your company. You got it plugged into a, you did Shopify, right? And yeah. Then- more Shopify. <laughs> Yep. And then you launched in November, right? Yeah. November 4th. So from idea in September to the launch of seven weeks coffee, it was a couple months. Yep. Yep. And then like your first day did several, you know, like what several thousand in orders and dollar amount in orders. And then from there you've been so far on a, on an upward trajectory. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so like that's, uh, that's the context of what we're chatting about. Um, So, okay. So then back to, um, and we can, we can dive into, um, kind of like some of the ideas and stuff, but back to the influencer marketing. So basically what we did is I think I broke it out into three different tiers. So like tier one is these are the requirements. I don't think I changed the requirements for any of the tiers, but so the requirements stayed the same for all three tiers. And like tier one is like, you get X percent of a sale and the customer gets 10% discount. And then tier two, you get a greater percentage of the sale. The customer still gets a 10% discount. And then like tier three, it's like you get a pretty significant 
uh, percentage comparatively. And I think the customer might get a greater discount. And I'm not sure if I'll keep that or not. Cause I don't, I want to be able to empower all the influencers versus like, Oh, I'm going to use Sally's coupon because she's, you mm-hmm. know, giving me a bigger discount. Um, and then basically the tiers are based on how many candles you're selling through your link each year. So mm-hmm. I, I forget what the number is off the top of my head, but we'll just say it's like to reach tier two, you have to have sold a hundred candles in the previous year. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's, that's the idea. And I actually, um, not through trends, but through a different um, entrepreneurship group that I'm a member, member of um, that is, well, it's not free. I think it's like $9 a month or something. Um, I got like the initial uh, pricing, which was like seven. Um, but anyway, and through there, I connected with a guy who like his job was literally influencer marketing. And he had like, he was like part of a company. They had like 200 influencers and stuff. So like this dude knows this, knows, knows what's up. And so I did like a Zoom call or whatever with him uh, a few, couple of weeks ago, like maybe a week and a half ago. And um, we were taught, he like gave me a bunch of tips and like, here's what you should do. Here's, you know, here's how you should think about it. Here's how you should target potential influencers. Um, and he suggested like in terms of volume, which, you know, this might be relative to or relevant to what you were saying about having um, like not enough, not too much traction off of it yet is like, f- you want to find between, I forget what he said, but between, I can pull up the numbers um, and send them to you, but it's like between 5,000 followers and, you know, under 50,000 or whatever, um, because you need like enough of a base there. And then he said, part of the reason you want to do the incentive is because like, sure, if you have like 10 grand to throw it $500 at an initial influencer, right? Go ahead. But if you're really like actually trying to bootstrap and grow it, you actually only want to bring in influencers that believe that their audience will convert. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you want to do the affiliate approach or like the, you know, um, yeah, well, it's an affiliate sponsorship um, approach. So Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what he said. And that's what I was already leaning towards anyway. Um, And he said like, get 20 to 30, you know, influencers into your program and then give it two to three months. So you have some data and then see like what's working, what's not working, what sorts of influencers are, you know, doing better than others. And then like, maybe the next time you go find that sort of an influencer, but that's at a higher tier of, you know, size or whatever. And then maybe then you can offer them $250, $500, whatever it is um, yeah. to start promoting your stuff. But he said like, don't do that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, how have you been trying to find influencers currently? You know, I haven't really done much um, outreach for it yet. I've had people sign up on the site directly. Like just a, there's a place to sign up. Um, they have to be accepted. So I have like an email that goes out to them and says, Hey, just give me some of your background, kind of who your audience is. How do you plan on sharing it? I've had a few people reach about, reach back of kind of who they'd share it with, but nothing has really come in and converted much. Um, how, like, how much, what sort of content it. are they producing and like how often? I think only a few pieces have gone out. I, I really haven't put much time into it. Um, or been 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 there to follow, but some people that have, that have reached out haven't even been social media followers, but like a radio host or um, other people who have just networks that I wouldn't even be the tangibly um, kind track of be able to track that. Yeah. So okay. I'm thinking about getting more into it. I have like this love hate relationship with social media. I don't know if you do too with like running your social. We spend so much time on it. I think in like. I think that's like a big drive. And I was like, oh, what's your social look like? But in terms of like converting sales, I mean, I get word of mouth and, and events and other things like that. I mean, 
way better in, in, in terms of like sales than through a, a big call to action on an Instagram post. I mean, um, you might get, you know, a hundred likes in a post, but one person will end up converting or buying. I don't know if you've experienced that with chosen or not, but, um, um, kind of a love hate relationship with social media, which is if you're not really big enough, um, you're not going to get the traction you kind of want or the scale from the beginning. Gotcha. Um, I, so I, we haven't done any in-person stuff for chosen in part, mm-hmm. like we, the part of the plan to start with was to do that. But then like, it was like, we started February, 2020. So it's like everything shut down. Yeah. Um, and like the margins for online are better than like wholesale, unless you're like in person selling it, like at a farmer's mm-hmm. market or something like that. And so I was always interested in trying to figure out how to make online work. Um, I meant I like actually one of the things we're doing this, um, uh, this well, February. Yeah. So this month is, we're going to like roll out a secondary product, um, not secondary, an additional product that's like cheaper to make. Um, and like, we're going to bump the margins up on both. Cause in order for it to really work and scale, I need to, I need better margins. So mm-hmm. like the price is going to go up, but then we'll have a better, a different product that will kind of compensate for it. Um, or like not compensate, but make it so that if you don't want to spend that much, you can, you know, solve it this way. But, um, as far as, so I've, I've always been focused on the influencer side on top of that, or like on the online side on top of that, like, I really like the creator economy. So I enjoy like, Ooh, influencers and like, you know, TikTok marketing or influencer, uh, Instagram marketing, Facebook marketing, and like YouTube marketing. Like I like that stuff. Um, and I'm a big fan of like, I buy stuff. If my, the people I follow are like, Hey, this is really good. Um, just today I was like listening to my first million podcast and they were talking about like Amazon basics moccasins, which I don't need moccasins, but I was like, Oh, maybe I want one of those, <laughs> you know? So I looked yeah. it up. I, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to get them cause I don't really need them. But anyway, I was just like, Oh, I was like, you know, I was literally this close to clicking buy, you know, simply because they mentioned it. Um, and so like, I think, and, and then I think the other part of that is that when it comes to online buying, is typically you need that consistent reinforced reminder. And so like, mm-hmm. that's why like an ad like never does well if it's the only time you see it. But by the fifth or sixth time you're seeing it, you're like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make that purchase because it's like slowly building in your mind. And so that might be part of it. And I, at least for us, that's certainly part of why we're going to have like specific requirements is like, you, you know, X amount of posts, X amount of reels, X amount of stories. And basically our plan is to track that through um, like, well, Jean-Marie will keep track of it. Um, and then we'll use like specific hashtags so that, mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, we can just like look at the hashtag, make sure they're doing, we're not going to skim all of their content to you know, like, mm-hmm. where's the post. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the basic, um, the basic plan. I mean, I know that it's worked for a lot of companies. I know that like influencer marketing is the next big thing because paid acquisition um, costs are so high slash, the, uh, it gets, you know, it's getting more difficult with the privacy uh, laws, which I think are a good thing, but, you know, uh, increasing or at least not laws sort of, but like Apple rolling out its, um, iOS 14 or whatever update for privacy, um, that, that impacted a lot of stuff. So I think the space is going to get hotter. Um, I think it's going to keep growing. And I just think that there are so many, uh, literally millions of people out there who like, even if they have a hundred followers, they like want to be influencers. And so I think being able to tap into that, especially on the early end, as they grow, like, I think there's potential there. I agree. Um, what is but your, at the same time, like you're, you're also coming at it from a different, like 
you hit the ground running way harder than like mm-hmm. we did with chosen. So that's, that's like a different, um, I, I'm sure that that plays a different element. Like I'm fine with like, Oh, we sold five candles. Oh, Hey, look, we sold 70. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's not like, for me, it's, I'm like, I'm thinking about this on like a three, five plus year development. And like, I'm just letting it burn. Cause it's like one of my projects versus like you, you're more of a like, Hey, like I'm like hitting the ground running. I want to make this a thing what are the, what can I do to make that happen? So I think you had a lot of things in place at the beginning um, that Mm -hmm. like I didn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for me, it was a different, yeah, it was like finding out that this is actually a good idea in terms of just concept, but then setting up some kind of uh, media hits, which was really important. So for, for what we did was reach out to a lot of news agencies and publications who would be interested in kind of sharing the story. So the day after we launched, we had a big publication on LifeSite News, which is a big pro-life uh, online store. And they kind of just did the story on it. They were like the first ones to release it. And we just drove a ton of traffic through um, through through that. Uh, it's kind of interesting that like we've had probably five or six articles published on it. And over you know 60% of our sales have come through those publications. Um, which is a huge, uh, you know, just amazing source of like traffic, but it's also just free advertising. And this is actually pretty unique um, that people don't realize, like there's a lot of publications out there that are willing to do articles on just interesting stories or your business or, or a concept. And all you have to do is reach out and ask. I think it's actually overlooked when we're like thinking of advertising, we kind of see this idea of like, oh, I got to do Facebook ads. I got to do maybe influencing marketing. I got to spend money on Google search and like all these things. But like, you could email 20 um, online news publications and you might get two of them to pick up your story. And those two are just going to absolutely, you know, could absolutely crush it for, you know, in terms of sales and eye sites on your store and just traffic to your site. Um, and like there were our other store that got picked up on was not the B, which is Babylon B's true news site and uh-huh. didn't even reach out to them. They saw the story through another publication and totally just basically republished it and reshared the story on their audience and it drove a ton of sales and traffic. So this this idea of like, you know, publication and and all that is a huge asset. And I think a lot of companies should look into that. If you can approach a news agency with a story and kind of give it to them up front. So I'll send them like a pitch deck of like, hey, these are some like quotes on our story. Here's our website. Here's what we've done. And I'll even send them like an article from another website that did a story on us. Be like, hey, we've been published here and here. Would you be interested in sharing our mission too? And um, you'll be surprised. A lot of a lot of um, publications are actually like dying for content, like because they need more content on their site. So like you're kind of fulfilling their need. So I'm gonna keep you know hammering Dude, I, that. I till totally. It ends. I, I'm totally a fan of that. I told you like our biggest month was December this past December. Yeah. And a hundred percent, it was because one person randomly added us to a gift list that I had no clue was even happening. And Mm -hmm. boom, all of a sudden, like in 48 hours, I had a crap load more of orders than I'd ever had before. So yeah, it's, I, I I love that. And to be fair, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like I was thinking about as you're talking, those are, you know, those, the news publications, the email lists, like those are just kind of extensions. They're like more developed, uh, more fully developed mm-hmm. extensions of that same concept of having your, the, you know, the entity that you follow suggest something, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's no, not really different than the influencer marketing per se, as much as it is just 
they're already established and mm -hmm. you know they're more likely to reach like you know an in, you know influencer with 10,000 followers how many of them are actually going to see the content versus you know eyesight news having tens of thousands of visitors right exactly exactly the scale no, is probably awesome more us. easily attainable yeah yeah it can like it, it truly can change your business overnight and it's been really cool to see how that has played out over the last couple months yeah what are you um do you feel like you've kind of got this year locked down for what you're expecting to do what you're expecting to have happened do you feel like you because like I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about like the roadmap and what you're trying to figure out and all that stuff. Do you feel mm -hmm. like you've kind of reached a positive equilibrium there? I think I have a decent understanding of what we want to do. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. It's, it's still only three months in. So there's a lot of like just testing and like ideas that are coming up. Um, what's been, what's been good though. And it's probably something I want to highlight of like, why I think this is like kind of taken off is like, um, first it was, um, like an open need, like this was something that wasn't being serviced um, in terms of like this a pro-life branded coffee. Um, so like when I first figured out, and this is kind of like a little tangent here, but when I realized it was a good idea is because when I typed in pro-life coffee and nothing came up, um, I was like, wow, there's no one in that space. And so Seven Weeks Coffee has been around for, you know, a couple months. If you type pro-life coffee now, we're on the first page of Google for that search. And it, that's purely because there's just no one taking up that space. There's a couple of old websites up just trying to in that space, but no one's running it. No one's actively promoting it. So that's kind of the, the aha moment there. But in terms of <clears throat> realizing that and like where it could go, I mean, you know, for this year, it's, it's still new. Like there's no one really doing this. So there's a ton of different opportunities, I think, but nothing's like set in stone of like maybe exactly what we want to do. Like I want to test influencer marketing. I want to test more relationships with churches. I want to test, um, there's other ways to kind of get the name out and partnership out with co-branding ideas. Um, so as much as I'd like to say, I have a detailed plan. I, I have a lot of ideas, um, that mm -hmm. I am looking forward to testing because purely there's no one really kind of doing this type of, um, this kind of branded coffee. So, um, it's really exciting. Um, and it's just, it's been a lot, a lot of fun and a, a lot of opportunity. So that's kind do you of feel uh, like, do you feel like there's any, um, not concern, but any element of like burnout from the last three months? Cause you're like, you're working full time, right? Yeah. It's working full time. So like, has there been any, like, I I'm curious, I obviously you have a lot of energy and like, there's a lot of positive excitement mm -hmm. going on, but how, what has that been like? Yeah. I think after the first two months, like it's kind of, you kind of hit a wall with anything you can't do. You can't go hundred percent. You can't go uh, full speed hundred percent of the time. Um, so you kind of got to like take things in stride. And I think it's like just business, a business owner and like starting this, you have to like, look at the long scale. Like we're very like as Americans and just as like this hustle culture is like now, 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 which is like, it's good to have drive and motivation, but to think, to think long-term in the years ahead it really slows it down to like, I don't need everything perfect right now. I don't need every idea to come to fruition right now. But what I do need is to do like one thing very well. And I think that's like something I was like from the beginning, as much as like I had a million ideas and still do, if I can sell one bag of coffee very well to a customer who can receive it in a few business days and enjoy it with, you know, no product issues or the labels on there correctly that's a success and i think that's like really important for business 
businesses and, and, and startups is like, we have a lot of ideas, but we can't run in every direction at the same time. So you have to do like one thing very well. So, I mean, when we first started, it was like, can I sell like a medium roast coffee and a dark roast coffee? Like that was it. We sold two products when we first launched. There was no other options. You can click on one or the other. It came in one size bag and that was it. And people, and people might say, oh, well, well, you should have had all these other options of different, you know, styles or variants or roasts and all this. It's like, when you're really trying to start something from the ground up, you really want to be good at one thing. And so if, if just testing, like, yes, I can, I can take, you know, a hundred orders in a day and, and, and process those easily. And, um, and, and the margins all still kind of back out. Um, yeah, that's kind of like, I think the secret in it is like slowing down and trying to do one thing right. So yes, there is burnout, but if I could do that, um, I think that's something that I can keep doing where I don't feel burned out. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are yeah. you um, most excited about in the next like six months? Six months. So what's fun with this is that um, we've been able to profit some money. The, the, the whole mission of this, and maybe this is good for the audience, knows that we donate 10% of every sale. So this is like a very give first company. 10% has been like 20 to 30 to 40% of our profits, depending on which month. Um, this month, last month in um, January was kind of a first good test month. We didn't have a lot of startup costs weren't involved. So it came out to probably like 20 to 30% of our, our, our revenue was donated. Um, so I'm excited to keep giving back. We've donated $1,300 to over five centers this month, which is great. Um, that's a huge, you know, huge reason. That's kind of why it exists to support pregnancy care centers. What really excites me is just being able to kind of take what we've, we've done and reinvest back in the company. So after being able to profit some money, we, you know, we're taking that back and we're going to develop a new website, um, kind of create um, a few other products of some, a simple merch line, but this under the same principle of let's just sell like, you know, some quality gear, right? Some t-shirts and, and some coffee stuff, mugs. There's a lot of, there's a big audience for that. Um, and then a couple of different coffee lines, like a decaf. So adding those things, but, um, it's fun playing with like house money in sense. Like, it's very cool that like, yeah, we were able to profit. We gave a ton of our money away, but we were able to, to make a profit, which is important. We want to be want to grow as a business. So you have to, you have to earn something. So just taking that and just reinvesting into the business is, is probably the most exciting thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. I hear that. Um, what, why are you, we, we talked, we started talking about this a little bit right before we started, but what, tell me again, why you're trying to build out a new website. Cause like you're on Shopify, right? So mm-hmm. like, are, you're staying on Shopify, you're just changing your template. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I've, I've done a lot of like product comparison to other sites and we probably, we probably heard this, uh, like, um, you can do a lot of site comparison. I'm sure you've heard of built with, which is like kind of the, the search engine to see what other people are running on. And I've noticed a lot of people running on Shopify, a lot of e-commerce sites, a lot of coffee sites. Um, and I was like, wow, that's a beautiful website. It's a beautiful template. And you kind of see that like what people are getting on their landing page is a really important piece of like telling your story and kind of the quality and, 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 and ambiance of like your mission. So for me, I want to really tell this story of like, Hey, we're a unique position. Coffee company is a pro-life coffee company that donates 10% of every sale um, and kind of show that, in you know, just a, you know, a beautiful array and just, and kind of display. And as we grow and, 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 and donate. I mean, we've donated to, you know, nine centers already, eight or nine organizations. 
And so I want to highlight each center. So just being able to have the, the, the template to kind of like highlight each center and give that like a, a, its full due attention of this is where our money's going and this is how we're having an impact. Um, that's for me why a new website is going to be important because you really want to tell this, this story in, 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 a, in a very, you know, just eye-catching way, but also in a, a way that just draws people in and people can share it, something that people can uh, kind of look at and get updates on where we're giving. So I, that, that's why it's important to us to, to kind of uh, put some time and attention to like a, uh, a kind of a upgraded website. Do you yeah. guys do all of your own like, um, in, you know, like social media and like st- uh, the graphic design, like all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I'm doing- I know you did at the beginning, but are you still doing it? Yeah, I'm running, I'm running basically everything. I have a couple of friends here in the area that have been helping me out with stuff. Um, they're kind of some designers, but in terms of like everything that is made, like I'm really bootstrapping it on my end, um, creating the content, creating the, um, yeah, the template, the website. Yeah. Getting some maybe advice. I like to run it by some people, including you, cause you got to, you have a good eye for things, Britain, but, um, um, yeah, it's, it's still very, um, solo entrepreneur here, solopreneur, um, <laughs> Um, which is fun. It's, it's fun. It's like, it's like you're, you're, you're kind of baby and you're growing it. And, um, dude, it's, yeah. it's nice that you get to, um, that you get to enjoy that sort of stuff uh, mm-hmm. and get to see it as fun because I'm like on the flip side. Um, I don't enjoy it. I, I it's like, I, I don't mind reviewing it and like critiquing it, but like having to create it or be creative about it, dude, I hate it. It's like, <laughs> I would rather sit on the couch and do nothing than like have to go like, Oh, like, how am I going to make this, you know, Instagram picture look good. I, I, I literally just like totally not my thing. So it's kind of cool that you get to, and I don't know that it's necessary. Well, the, 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 right. The, the caveat to that, um, not being necessary is I have to pay or, um, for a founder to feel that way or to be that way. It's like, I have to pay somebody to help me or to do it for me. Yeah. And like, Sean Marina, we have like a really great working relationship. I huge fan. Um, and she's awesome. And so it's like, I wouldn't want to change it because it's perfect for like what I want and like what I enjoy and like what I like doing. I like working with a team. It's like, I love being able to be like, Hey, here, can you do these things? And then it's like, boom, they're awesome. They turn it around. Like, yes, that's what I was looking for. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely. So I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I would definitely rather enjoy that. But as of right now, I'm going to have to wait to down the road to the pace. At least you can see it as fun and you can enjoy it. Like, dude, I could not, like if I had to do it myself, chosen would not be here, period. It's just like, it's like, (laughs) not only do I not enjoy it, I suck at it. And so it's like kind of both. Whereas like, I feel like you have an eye for it. Um, and like, you've got some creative direction and creative concepts where it's like, you know, the best, you know, this is funny. People think like, um, yeah, people said like, oh, that's a great design. Like, you know, you designed such a great website. You know, how'd you do that? you like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have like an amazing ability. I just have an amazing ability to, 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 you know, look at what's out there and try to copy and pull from the best. Like that's, I mean, I think it's like something that people don't realize, like your best design can just be a, a copy of kind of what else someone else is doing. And that, that's okay. Like that's a lot of how the industry works. I, that's reminds me. Um, so Sam, uh, so Walmart, which everyone knows the founder, Sam Walton um, would literally go to a, a other big box stores and be like, Oh, how do they do that? How do they do that? And just take notes and be like, Oh, we're going to copy that exactly and make it 10% cheaper. 
And that's, and that's how he, that's how he learned. And like, yeah, I think some of the best learning is just from just, just looking at your competitors, but also just other things you like and say, Oh, that looks really good. So, um, yeah, I like, I have been just storming the internet for other, other coffee websites, other ideas, um, kind of how to frame things. Um, but yeah, um, copying can be your best, <laughs> your best bet sometimes when, in terms of um, how to get some good ideas, but it's not about doing that to compete against someone necessarily, but to, it's almost like um, a way to show appreciation. It's like, yeah, that's really beautiful. I want to design something similar or like, I like how you put that there. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's my advice. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Even, um, even there though, dude, I struggle. It's like, which is weird though, because like we've talked about stuff and like you've sent yeah. me things and like, I, it's not that I don't, I'll, I'll have ideas about it. Be like, Hey, like, what about this line instead of that line? Or like, this mm -hmm. could be a little bit smaller, a little bit bigger, whatever. And it's like, I, I think that those are decently good feedback there. That is decently good feedback when I give it, but it's like coming up with it initially, it's just not, not there. So. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I hear you. It's, it's more trial and error. I think the way to get the way to get started is to fail about 10 times and then maybe your 11th trial start to start to look right and then you get an idea usually it's yeah a lot of times when you're trying to create something or design something that the thing that you started with i wish i sent that saved a screenshot of the first website you probably remember it of like the first rendition of like what i thought it should look like but all that did was lead me to the idea of what it now looks like and then it just keeps continuing from there like um it's like just get on the train and then you eventually kind of end up at your destination Dude, are you like constantly thinking like you know at dinner or whatever and being like oh we could change this about the website or oh what if we did this over there is that like what's happening all the time? yes my my brain it's funny it's like at night actually i'm trying to go to bed i'm like i have to try to shut off but i can't and i'm just sitting there like oh like need to write this down in my reminders because that's what I want to do and need to edit it like this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, the hamster wheel never stops, you know, running. Um, but, um, but that's how you, I, I guess that's how you kind of have to go for a little bit because as you're starting, like everything is new, right? Like um, there's nothing established yet. I mean, seven weeks coffee is a mission is established, but as like kind of this brand continues and, and how it should look, that's all, that's all molding and kind of how it should be. Um, so yeah. Do you know how many sales but, you're trying to hit in, uh, 2022? Um, 2022, I would like to get to a solid 300, $300 to $500 a day. We've had, we've had um, a kind of a run where we've seen like 200, $300 a day, 150. Um, but it'd be nice to move um, at least, at least two, at least 2000 a week consistently. And I think by later in the year, it could be more than that. Um, so, cause we've had a couple like this month, we've crossed um, over 30, 2000 in sales total last month we hit um 15 7 um plus um an event so we hit over 15000 um in sales um for a month i think that would be hard to repeat for the upcoming month because we had a lot of publicity last month but if we could run at a let's see 15000 a month um i don't do public math um so 
that's um, not 2000, just over, that's over 2000 a week. Yeah, that's over 2000 a week. That's like, yeah, four, 3000 a week, three times four. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's like three to 4,000 a week. So that was like huge in terms of what it can be. I would like to get there cons consistently though. So um, I don't know if February will turn out that way, but if we can do two to $2,000 a week, I think that's just solid um, um, kind of growth. But another thing I want to look at is like return rate. And I think that's important is, is, is customers coming back. And we're seeing this already, which is really cool. I've had, I've had some customers order three, four times already, like returning back, which is- Are they like buying is, for friends or they just drink that much coffee? You know what? I've looked at some of the addresses. They're shipping to the, the same address. One guy, one person ordered, um, yeah, three, dip, three times to their same address. So this is like people enjoying the coffee, which is awesome because you would think as a startup in November, like, you know, people are making their way through like, you know, first bags is like everyone's seeing this for the first time. Like mm -hmm. most people that order is a first time order. But um, last couple of weeks have seen a handful of returning customers, which is, which is a cool metric to kind of track by. So returning customers and then kind of just sales consistency um, would be- Dude, how, how are you yeah. handling the, the whole like margin on one bag versus like two bags and stuff like that? Because like, I think like, I think what I'm doing, because um, like I order from you now and like- um, I think I order like two bags at a time, at least because the last time I ordered, it was like, that was like what pushed you over mm -hmm. the edge to like making, you know, making it more cost effective. Um, like what, how are you handling that now? Yeah, it, and are you planning on keeping it the same way? It's kind of, like, yeah. I'm doing the same thing with Chosen. It's like on yeah. one candle, it's like the margin's so tiny. But if you order two candles, it's like three X the margin because shipping costs. Exactly. Yeah. That's totally the same thing for us on one bag. It's the worst margin. Um, I'm eating some of the shipping costs. I've been playing around the shipping costs for a while. Um, actually yesterday I am testing out free shipping on larger orders. So on, on three bags or more, it's okay. Free yeah. I think I, yeah. Cause it, didn't you do it like a $50 order or more? Was that, wasn't that what was in your email or something? Yeah. 50, like 50 or more is, is now free shipping. Um, so I had $5 shipping on this kind of the same terms, but I think free shipping is just an incentive. It's, it's an industry standard with e-commerce is like a lot of companies offer free shipping. So it's where you want to get to as an e-commerce site is to have a free shipping option because in terms of purchases, you might, you know, get, you know, three new I, I've customers. told, I've talked to multiple people and they, they've told me like, yeah, whenever, if I get to the cart and there's a shipping cost, I just. Stop. Yeah. It, it's a huge deterrent. It's I mean, crazy. you can track it, you can track. So, and online conversion. So I'll, I got, I get 6.7% of users add to cart 3.89% actually check out. So yeah. you're churning, I'm churning, you know, two and a half percent of that, so which is Two and a half percent less, which is you know, you know, 35, 40% of of you know all cart people adding. Now, some of those might just be checking it out. So you have to maybe count in some um natural churn rate there. But yeah, I mean, shipping is a huge thing. I literally stress that what keeps me up at night is shipping because I'm trying to figure out how much should I charge on one bag? Is it worth making, you know, like a 15% margin on one bag? Um, and just having it because the customers are going to buy it versus they might not even buy it at all. So I'd rather profit. Are you something. under like one pound, uh, shipping weight on one bag? What'd you say? 
Are you under one pound shipping weight on one bag? Yeah. Yeah. It's 12, it's 12 ounces. Yeah. And okay. We, so yeah, you don't ship that, by weight. Does that help? Because I was like listening to some podcast. I don't remember what it was. Um, and they were saying like, if you can get, I think it was my first million. Uh, if you can get like under a pound, this is a little bit old info, I think, but if you could do it like under a pound, your shipping cost was super low versus like, if you're over a pound, it kind of goes up exponentially. Do you, or do you just offer like the same flat rate? So we ship with flat rate shipping. So it's not by weight. It's USPS flat rate. So it's like, oh, a geez, oh we knew you their packaging and stuff too. Yeah, we use the, there is, you know, I was trying to play around that today. There actually is a un, under one pound, like you can ship, ship a t-shirt for like $4. Um, yeah, that's a bag what I was coffee, wondering if there's a way to do that for the one bag. A bag of coffee is 12 ounces. And so you have four ounces, which I think is probably the weight of the, the actual package itself. So you're over a pound because you have to include the package weight too in that. So I think that's why we use flat rate, um, the flat rate gotcha. settings. Yeah. Okay. So the one bag stinks because it'd be nice to offer like $4, um, you know, shipping on one bag. So it's a small entry because our, our yeah, most expensive yeah. shipping option is one bag, which stinks because first time purchaser might not want to buy three bags of coffee. Yeah, they probably yeah. want to buy one bag of coffee. Um, well, I guess like, what, as you learn like return rate, then it might be, you know, easier to be like, well, it's okay to make almost no margin on one bag because we know the next time they're coming back for two. Yeah. Or you could even do like a first time discount where it's like, if this is your, maybe that's the way to do it, dude. Have like a first time discount code. Um, and you I do can, have, I know you can. Yeah. So yeah, I know you can shut that up in Shopify and you can just set it. Yeah. yeah. I, I might, maybe so, that's, maybe that'll solve that element. I do have that. So it's kind of nice when you go on the site right now, um, you kind of hit like the landing page and kind of you learn about the mission. And by the time you scroll down to where you can click on a product, a pop-up comes up and says, unlock 10% on your first purchase, you know, subscribe to our email. So we get a lot of people that end up clicking on that. I don't have it auto-populated. I kind of like when people opt into it. Um, kind of well, I'm saying like, if you have like a little blurb or something, I don't know, but like where it's like first time purchaser, use this code, even mm -hmm. just to get like getting that order, regardless of the additional 10%, like how many of those people like, so, you know, select the 10% and then don't place an order or like forget to apply it. And then they're like, go to the checkout cart. And they're like, Oh, I don't want to pay hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good idea. I could turn that back. I actually had it where it just, when you scroll down and popped up the code, it's kind of hidden behind the email wall. Now we have to just give it your email address to get the code. But yeah. I act, I did have it for a little bit where it just it just automatically popped up. Like use maybe at least that. I don't know. It's like it, it. I mean, I know most websites and companies use the email, you know, wall. Um, mm -hmm. But that's probably because they're following up right after, and then again the next day, and two days later with saying, "Hey, don't forget to make your first purchase." Hey, don't you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know. It maybe yeah. it's better to keep it. But that's probably that, I mean, that's good advice. It probably is better to just keep the, the, the I mean, we just put the code up there. Be like, Hey, this is your code. You know, you can test it, see what happens like in terms of like rate of what's being left in the cart before versus after. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good point. Um, yeah. At least you, now you have data to play with. So yeah, I have some to look at, you know, it's kind of hard to sort through all this and kind of see how, it's funny because we have like, we have like three big news stories. So you see these giant spikes and like orders. Well, it's like, oh, okay. That was a great week. How do we do that? Well, <laughs> we got published and sent to, you know, a couple hundred thousand people. So 
Well, I bet you can follow up. Dude, I wonder if you could follow up with them and say, hey, like, is it possible to get on your like email list and see like what the requirements are, what it takes? Because then you could be like, they read the story and then there's a follow up in the email list. Yeah, I've talked to a few. There's some, the, some of the lists are so expensive to rent. Like they're like $5,000 for one cent. Yeah. And it's just a huge, so like, as, that's what I've been debating this for a while. Like how much I want to spend on like advertising as I'm just getting started. And I just, yeah, I'm just hesitant to like go all in. I did a small ad test, like a $500 ad buy um, with some, um, native placement ads, um, which turned out okay. Like I didn't obviously return what I invested, but you know, those customer value can be a lot longer and stretched out. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I, it's, it's tough. It's, this is, this is the thing with startup. Like I'm trying to like, just find a plan to to stick to it in terms of like where I want to invest and where I want to put my time. Like I'm, I'm perfectly happy. Like not jumping into advertising right now and trying to establish like some more like partnerships or like maybe a, a church partnership or um, more um, in-person events. And we've done, we've done three events um, and it's been super, super successful. It's, it's really cool to sell in person and, and kind of get, get the word out that way too. So yeah. my guess is that that consideration is mostly going to be relative to scaling it's like Mm -hmm. going to a church right you might sell 500 more bags than you would otherwise but Mm -hmm. what's your rate of return on that Mm -hmm. versus putting time and effort and money into reaching 10,000 people via Mm -hmm. a news influencer you know Mm -hmm. facebook marketing whatever um and yeah, yeah, reaching scale because it's probably it's it's certainly and maybe that's what you do at the beginning is it's like easier to get customers in person and then once you've reached a certain equilibrium you can then say like all right now we're going to tackle scaling mm-hmm. via ads or you know advertising we'll say, um, mm-hmm. but that's probably the main I would assume that's like the main consideration that like most businesses walk through is like you know it's probably easier to sell your you know. Mr. Wonderful Cupcakes uh, down at the, the, you know, local farmer's market as far as like a one-to-one ratio, but you're not going to reach a million cupcakes sold if you're not at scale. Yeah, that's so true. And that that's a huge, I think I need to do that when I'm ready to like go, you know, jump all in for that, because that is a, that is a time and investment process and like really building out some good creative and content. Um, well, that's the nice thing about the influencer side is you don't have to make the content. Yeah, that's what do you, here's a question with influence. What's your, in terms of like acquisition costs, right? So you're, you're actually, you're paying an acquisition cost by giving a commission. Like, are you okay with, you know, making a small margin or even potentially breaking even on a cost if it's a new customer? Or how do you see, you know, what you're paying, you know, for the influencer? Yeah. I mean, I'll still, overall, I don't mind breaking even with chosen um, because it's like, I'm not, it's not, well, it's not my personal goal to like, Mm -hmm. at least right now, like make money off of it. Mm -hmm. It's literally one of three main projects on top of, you know, three sides. So if you pay an influencer, your margin on what you make, you're okay with that? Yeah. Cause like my, my only goal is to 
because well so that's the other thing right we've talked about this in the past like i do donations based off profit so mm-hmm. i'm only really doing a donation after i've paid you know jean marie after i've paid mm-hmm. um you know my shopify store cost and whatever else and after the influencer has been paid so technically i'm making revenue almost regardless of what happens so even if it's a dollar i'm donating 10 cents now as opposed mm-hmm. to like i'm donating donating you know a dollar 85 on an 1850 candle um mm-hmm. so that's you know i think there's pros and cons to both of those right um mm-hmm. models but so like that's where it's probably a little bit easier for me to like I mean, whatever I'm left over, I'm left over with. Um, mm-hmm. I think that for me right now, well, I have t- two things. So one is I'm just more interested. I, w- I just want to sell more candles. And I think mm-hmm. an easy way to do that is to reach out to influencers. It's a medium that I really, or a medium that I really enjoy and I have fun with. Um, and I like having my hands in. So to me, it's like, I'm okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. and then second is because I'm also testing it for like future projects and stuff. So that's yeah, something else in my head. And then second is, um, for the margin. So like my plan is to bump up my margin. So I was, I was, um, uh, I think it was my first million podcast and it, I was catching up this last week and a half and, uh, they were talking about, uh, scaling and basically you want to be at around 60 ish percent margins, um, cost of goods. Um, and so like, I'm going to have to raise my prices to get even anywhere near that. Um, and so, and that's why I'm going to like, we're going to do a dual product thing. Um, but, Mm -hmm. and we're still going to be like, our candles are like, they're really good. Like they're really good candles. Um, and so it's like, we're still competing price wise with the market and quality versus price in my, I mean, I'm biased, but I'm also relatively confident in saying that it's like the ratio of quality to price is better with chosen. Um, so like, I think that between those two things, I haven't been super worried about, um, the margin mm-hmm. cost on what we're paying an influencer giving to an influencer, um, on each sale. Like I would much rather have a thousand sales via an influencer than a hundred sales because, you know, people found, you know, randomly found our Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's just unlikely to happen. So for me, mm-hmm. it's about getting to that scale. I totally want to do the um, like the newsletter, like publication approach too, just because like that was such an insane bump off of literally no work uh, on our end. So um, on the front end to, to, to get it in there. So like, yeah. you know, the ROI on that is certainly significant. Talk about the 60% profit because a lot, a lot of stores and sites, they oper- operate in like a 20 to 30% profit margin, like most businesses. Well, is that total profit? So it's not, um, is that profit to revenue or is that cost of like, I'm talking cost of materials versus okay. sales price? Cost of materials. So if you retail something for $10 and you, your cost of goods is $5, that's, 50%. 50%. Exactly. Yeah. So you're saying that should be around 60%. That's yeah. That's what they were saying in the podcast. And I was like, okay, makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Because, because that leaves you. And basically yeah. the idea is, is that that leaves you with a ton of margin to spend on marketing to scale. That is mm-hmm. the whole, that's, that, that was the, like the 
angle they were taking it. They're like, look, if you want to scale, you have to spend money on marketing in order to have the right amount of money to spend on marketing. You need to be at 60% give or take margins. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I, I've, I've looked at that too with us and I'm considering raising prices slightly, maybe like a dollar a bag, which would have a, obviously a big effect on a margin. That's something that's only retailing for $16.99. Um, yeah, that's important. That is really important. You need money to spend money. <laughs> yeah. So that's the other thing. I was like, it makes sense to me. It, it's um, tough. You know, I keep going back and forth. Like, what is my model in terms of like scaling? Is it to acquire? Is it, is this, is this, you know, since I'm just launching, is the idea to literally take every cent that comes in the door and turn it, turn it around into advertising? Like I could do that. I could drop, you know, my shipping cost on one bag to a break-even cost where I literally don't profit a dollar on the bag or like anything on it, but at least I'm getting maybe a, a few more conversions on, on the first time lead. Is that, is that worth it? You know, it's hard to, it's hard to say like, is that this, that's like the strategy to like go or like with influencers, like, I don't know, what's your, what's your uh, commission structure? Like 10%, 20%. Is it like scale? Like I think that? it's going to be like 7.5, 10, and then 12 and a half, 15, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like I could do the same, the same thing with, with my structure. Now for me, obviously I'm donating 10%. So out on the front end, that's a higher amount. I mean, my donation is, is essentially a 10% discount, you know, applied, you know, automatically. Um, part of me wants actually, to believe that. Of, I actually think yeah. our cost of like cost of materials is actually really similar. Is it? Way. Yeah. At least for the current glass candle. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the boat of like, those are really important to manage that well. Um, yeah. So it, it's tough. I mean, it, it's also, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know, and this is a question that maybe you, you, I wonder what your insight is on this. Like the idea that I'm donating 10% is a lot of our money. Like I get, I, I, I make it a big part of the business of like, we're sharing who we're donating. The idea is to have a tangible impact and who we're, we're writing these checks to, um, like I said, it's a big part of our profits, but you know, does that advertising and that kind of pitch and that kind of like mission is that, you know, can I see that in my head? Like, yeah, I'm getting conversions because of that. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost like a paid advertisement in a sense. Cause like people are like interested in purchasing this product because there's a lot of money being donated. Um, so it's, it's, it's almost like a weird way to see like, you know, kind of lead gen or like mm -hmm. an advertising budget is like, yeah, we're just, we're prepaying all of it all the time, but you know, that might increase who we share it with, who, who becomes our customers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, totally. I mean, I agree. <laughs> um, I mean, I think with coffee, you're also relatively safe. Cause like you guys have really, it's super high quality coffee. Like yeah. unless you want to spend a crap ton, it's the highest quality of coffee you could find for the price. Mm -hmm. All right. It's very good. Um, and so I think that candles, I feel like are a little, can be a little bit harder because like your candle burns out and you kind of throw away the jar or recycle it. And then you're like a month later, you're like, Oh, I really need to get some candles. Right. And mm -hmm. like, you might go back and order the same candle, or you might be like, Oh, I remembered in the store and like, Hey, here's a candle. I'm going to grab it. You know? Whereas like coffee, it's like, I'm about to run out of coffee. The one thing I look forward to every day. And you're used morning. to it. It's a routine thing. It's an addiction. People love caffeine. That's a great <laughs> point. Yeah. 
It's a so good I, product. I think that, yeah, a hundred percent. And so I think you have an advantage over candles anyway, in that it's like people want their coffee. And like when people like a coffee, they drink that coffee. People yeah. are not out there trying a thousand coffees. There's like subscription services that I'm sure are doing decently well, but like, mm -hmm. what do people do? They have one cup of it and they're like, oh, I didn't like that. And they throw it away. Right. And they go back to the one that they like. Um, exactly. So I think that, I think in general, it's probably safer to focus on the customer acquisition piece of it um, or like to put money into it. Also, like, I don't know, at this point, I feel like you really only have two costs, which is prepaying for your inventory, right? And so you need to be able to make enough money and save enough money to be able to execute on that. And mm -hmm. then second is your advertising. Like you don't, mm -hmm. and obviously just normal business costs. Um, yeah. So like, cause like, I don't, I don't think, unless you're like, Hey, I want to jump ship from my current job as soon as I possibly can. In which case, like, yeah, in that case, like bootstrap the crap out of it. But if your goal is like, you know, I'm okay with a year or two or whatever of this, like growing into something to what, so that I can then maybe do that, then like, and you don't mind doing both. Um, then I'd be like, you know, yeah, like obviously have enough money for your costs, have enough money for your inventory next year. And then why wouldn't you put pretty much everything else or maybe 80% of everything else into marketing? Yeah, that's a good point. I think, I think that's exactly what I think. If I think like what this year looks like, it's like, I, I do want to hit the ground running hard with marketing, with affiliates. It, 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 it just, to go fast, you get a got to go slow. And I think why I'm focused on this website design right now is like, if I'm going to be driving traffic to this site, I want the most convincing landing page you can possibly get that tells an amazing story of what we're doing, of, of giving back and supporting pregnancy care centers. And I want people to see that story um, if we're paying for traffic to kind of go there. So I think that's exactly kind of the thought process I'm, I'm on. And, and, and I agree to put, to put money back into it is worth it because of the product. And I, the, honestly, the coffee idea kind of just hit me because I was just doing some research on like products. I mean, we could toss around um, some ideas you're seeing or things like you're, you're thinking of um, just my background in like conservative and conservative uh, kind of fundraising, political email marketing. I've seen a lot of like just branded products uh, solely just around like maybe a conservative merchandise or something like that. Um, and I was like, wow, there's nothing unique about it except that it's branded that way. And so the coffee kind of was like, okay, let's brand it pro-life, but make an impact. That's why we donate. Um, but all that to, to kind of come back and say like, you know, this idea of like this, the coffee was, is, was unique because coffee itself, and this is what you were saying is, is a product that people love they're used to drinking and they're very religious about drinking it. So it's definitely separates itself from like the conservative t-shirt or the Christian t-shirt or like stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. What, I'm a big what, fan. Like I know people make a lot of money uh, off of selling t-shirts and merch and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of it's like, it's, it's probably a cross between or a conglomeration of like minimalism and not being wasteful and like all these other things, um, which I don't follow like many of those, like overly closely. I've got a thousand gadgets that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, I like the idea of building a business uh, around something that people are actively using or reusing or needing. So like, that's why I like one of the reasons I like candles. It's like, you're going to buy a candle. 
why not buy one that does something that's also awesome? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point. Like, I, I, I don't understand how influencers make money off t-shirts. Or off there's so, right? do you agree? All right, Brenton, do you agree that there's a, too many like t-shirt companies out there of like similar branded ideas? Like, am I the only one who just sees like a million of these and like, how does that I don't know how they make money. And I like, I, I, I always look at this from an influencer, right? Like influencer X, my new merch line and they sell like a hundred thousand, you know, sweatshirts or whatever. I'm like, and then three, two months later, my new merch line, it's a new sweatshirt. I'm like, dude, I have seven sweatshirts. I've paid for like two of them. I wear them once a year, you know, or whatever. Right. It's like, I never, I wear two buy, of them all I the never time. buy stuff through, through merch. Like I, I, I've never been like, you know, like interested in buying like some certain branded like t-shirt or clothing. I've, I've bought a hat, um, before, but it's like, I ha- I, I had two, ha- I had like one other hat. So it's like, I'm getting another, I got, hat. I got two now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I, and I wear hats versus like, you know, like sweatshirts. Like I've been gifted a sweatshirt or two and I like those ones. I wear those ones, you know, decently, but I, you know, there's never a need for me to have seven sweatshirts. Just never. Um, like my sister the other day, she's like, um, she was trying to, uh, she sent me like this Instagram thing. It was like, you know, some cool looking t-shirt or whatever. She's like, Hey, you should get these. They're cool. I was like, I I have 20 t-shirts, you know, and some of them I've had for like, you know, since like college. Right. (laughs) But it's like, I don't need a new t-shirt. It's like my old t-shirts fine. Um, why would I buy another t-shirt? Um, so it like, yeah, that's my perspective on the, I don't know, on all that sort of stuff. So sell something that people can use. Um, what out there, okay, so candles, coffees, or anything out there that else is catching your eye? Like, oh, that'd be a good like e-commerce setup or like um, use um, or just some product outside of t-shirts. Because <laughs> um, I like your thinking. I think you're right. It's got to be something people use repeatedly. It's got to be something that's like kind of needed, but um yeah, it's almost got a practical, practical sense to it. Well, I do like, well, I, I will say like on the clothing side, I do like, I think what happens is a lot of what, what general big picture happens is like a brand will build something really awesome, really great Gore-Tex or, um, you know, whatever famous jacket company or Cabela's or whatever. Right. And it's like, it's in a niche and it's really good quality stuff. Right. And then what happens? They scale up and they start manufacturing in China or wherever. And the quality goes down like eight, you know, 20, 30 plus percent. And they're still charging the same price, but now they have a name. So they'll even raise the price more because it's like, Hey, it's Mm -hmm. branded. Um, And so like, and then what happens is a smaller company will come in and say like, Oh, that stuff get the real good quality stuff made in America or whatever. Right. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. charging a 20% premium, but it's better quality. Right. It's so like, I think about like, that's where I think you could do something with clothing. Right. Which is completely different from like, Hey, I've got a new t-shirt with some random design mm-hmm. on it. It's like, or a new sweatshirt. It's like, no, this sweatshirt is for, you know, being in the woods, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah. So I've seen quality, that with a couple of companies and I like companies like that. Like I want to bike from companies like that. So like case in point, um, like I want to go camping and stuff like that. It's like, I need some new socks. 
I was talking to a friend back home and he was saying that like, Hey, we tried uh, darn tough socks or whatever they're called. I'm like, no, I never even heard of them. Really high quality. They're awesome socks. They have, literally have a lifetime warranty on the socks. And right. I'm like, that's a sock that I want, you know? Um, and so it's like, that's where it's like clothing is like, Hey, that makes sense. But that's less of a branded mission component as much as it is like a quality mission component. Same thing with like uh, Jocko Willink's like origin company. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With the origin jeans, they're like 160 plus dollar jeans. You know, I just ordered a pair of $35 Levi's off Amazon, but you know, I would be totally down to have a pair of origin jeans at some point. Um, quality. I mean, you're right. Quality is like, it, it, it's a distinguishing factor from, yeah. a, yep. from a crowded industry. So like a quality shirt or like jacket, like there's a million jackets, but like, you're, you're right. A quality product is important. That really, I mean, a little bit like the coffee, like that's why, like when I first started, this is like, okay, I have, a, I have a really cool mission and we have a cool idea. Like this is like, we want to support pregnancy care centers by selling coffee. People are going to buy it because they love that mission for the first time. But it's like really important to have a, a really good bag of coffee to sell to. I mean, we luckily sell a, a, an amazing uh, branded coffee. It's Ethiopian, it's specially grade coffee. It's the highest coffee you possibly could drink at like a reasonable price. Um, so that, that's important. And I think that is a distinguishing factor. Like going back to what you said, like to have a quality product is I think under estimated in like the modern e-commerce world of like where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to start my site. I'm going to sell X, Y, Z. And like people just overlook, like consumers really do care and look at quality. Like think about your own purchase behaviors. At least mine is like, I'm going to look and research and make sure this is the, the highest quality I possibly could get. Cause I actually care about where my money goes to your customers are going to be the same way to your product. So it, it is important. Yeah. Like, to sell yeah, just a exactly. good quality product. Yep. And like, on the one hand, that's harder than jumping yeah. on like a, you know, you know, Amazon business, e-commerce, FBA, whatever, like mm. that's, you know, totally, it's like a different, it, to be fair, it's like a different game and you mm -hmm. can pick whatever game you want to play for like a small business person starting out. Like, unless you're into the e-commerce and you're getting your ads and you're click, you know, cost per click dialed in and like, that's your thing. It's like, I don't know, people make tens of millions of dollars doing that. Um, yeah. I, it's just not my wheelhouse. Um, I'm learning about some of that stuff from a marketing standpoint now, um, with like my current job and stuff. And that's really interesting, but it's just definitely not my wheelhouse. So like when I think about my wheelhouse, I think about these other things, which is like the quality side, reusability side, or, you know, returning customer side, which does all tie into that creator economy thing, or it's what's my influencer use, you know? So yeah. like, that's just the world that I operate in and that I understand the most. So I'm biased. And that's, I think I'm the same way. Cause like, I'm, I'm kind of like allergic to like the idea of like worrying about every, you know, ad set and like, you know, click through rate and conversion. Like that just stuff just gives me a headache thinking about it, even though I might one day be testing stuff like that, but you, well, it's like you hire somebody who like, yeah, you know, exactly. They're a total I think nerd in a great way for that stuff. Yeah. Who can do that? Um, but you're, 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 it's amazing. Like people don't realize like word of mouth is a huge, is a huge, a huge way to get new customers. And what's well, like small business, right? People talking about like all oh, e-commerce, this and Amazon that it's like e-commerce still like or, uh, small business still drives a gargantuan majority of the economy. It does. It does. And like, that's, I forget the number, but it's, in, it's literally a gargantuan majority. It's insane. Mm-hmm. 
It's important. I mean, when people buy your candle or buy my coffee and like share it with a friend and they then go and buy it, like that's an amazing like acquisition. Like that is a, a, a that is a proof of concept that you have a great product and that you're you're headed in the right direction because you want that to happen. And if you don't have that happen, then you're you're probably, you know, can't really scale or you're not going to grow. Yep. Yeah. I, I I think so, especially for this sort of stuff. But it, yeah. to, it, to be fair, it makes it harder too. It's like, how do you find the one customer that's going to share it with their 10 friends? How do you find, you know, mm-hmm. and then how do you ensure that they're, you know, going to come back to you versus like, oh, that was a really nice one-time thing. And then, you know, leave. So, you know what we uh, do at, at uh, when we send emails to our, our house file of like email lists, I think that's important. I, we've been, my focus on for me has been cultivating like just a, a list of names. We have like 1400 active emails that we get to email. I mean, I, get and it drives revenue. I, I think they're really good. Thank you. Yes. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if you noticed sometimes at the bottom, it's like, Hey, PS, if you found this interesting, can you just forward this to a friend? I have no idea how many people have done that, but like, I'll drop that line in there to every meal. Cause like maybe one person will forward it to someone and, mm-hmm. or three people, who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's also like, it's a balance between like, you don't want to oversell, like get out of my face. Right. But then yeah. on the other side, I, I think it's also good to show people that you're like, Hey, like, no, I'm pushing, I'm striving. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think, and I think that's, I think you're striking that balance. Right. Um, but like, I think, and I think that that line feeds into the positive part of that. So. Yeah, that's important. And I think that's like just all about being transparent. Like if people know, like I tell, like when I wrote like this, this whole thing's around, I'm like, Hey, I'm 25 years old. I'm starting this pro-life coffee company, I'm like doing this on my own investment. Um, like just to, to make an impact in the world and to like really support pregnancy care centers and the pro-life movement. Um, cause they matter t- to me and I've got to visit a few centers. I'm like, these people are just doing amazing work They're the hands and feet of the movement. They're, you know, protecting life, coming to meet the needs of, uh, a lot of women who are just in difficult situations and, um, like to tell, tell your audience that just share that. And that's what I'm trying to do to share. Like, that's, that's why we exist. The people really get to see the real you and you're not hiding behind like, you know, some like, oh, we're like a big, you know, coffee company and like, we're all professional. And like, you know, it's like, no, it's just, it's just me. I'm doing this and we're trying to do it the best I can. And like stuff like that. It's like it's a couple of people that have been helping me out with some friends, but you know, it's really just like a, a, um, for a, a, a mission that we all believe in. So I mean, people, people listen to that and care. Totally. I agree. Yeah. That's a, uh, that seems like a great place to uh, wrap up. I'll ha- I'll throw like all your uh, links and stuff and all the different descriptions and whatnot. Um, and uh, then people can, uh, can find you. That'd be awesome. I really appreciate you for having me on. Uh, happy to chat with you. Um, hope to be back sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. Well, hundred percent. We'll do, we'll do more. That's uh, we have good conversations. So gotta, gotta record them for posterity's sake. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, take care.